Welcome to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Rinder, your host, and it is another Monday here in Utah. And uh, again, another Monday filled with all kinds of incredible news. We're going to start with October 4th. We have um, down at our state capitol this morning at 9 a.m., there will be a lot of Utahns down there protesting the mandatory vaccination. Um, And Utah is fighting back. Uh, our state central committee, when this, our state central committee is made up of elected leaders of um, different people throughout the state of Utah. They're elected by their peer group through the caucus convention system uh, that make up a body of people that represent at least, you know, from the Republican standpoint, and which is the majority of the uh, elected people here in the state of Utah, a uh, state central committee, and they voted 95% uh, to, uh, on, a, on a resolution to fight back against a mandatory vaccination. And so today the lawmakers are meeting on, uh, on this mandatory vaccination. And so we'll see what's going to happen. Now, our lovely not- official, uh, our lovely governor, who is Republican in name only, Spencer Cox, has threatened to veto anything that is passed um, that our state legislator that passes, you know, something that comes out against vaccination. So we'll see what happens there. Of course, Spencer Cox has threatened to vaccinate almost any measure of things that have came that that Republicans want passed in our state. Uh, from protecting female sports, from protecting kids against transitioning um, and taking uh, cross-hormone drugs and having mastectomies and other things prior to having the cognitive abilities to be able to make those decisions. Uh, Spencer Cox is threatening all kinds of vetoes in our state. And so I think it's time that our legislator gives him something to veto. And uh, and hopefully they give him something to veto that is veto proof where they can come back and override his veto. But uh, here in the city of Utah, there is a pushback against the mandatory vaccinations. And uh, so hopefully something's going to happen and and our legislators are going to be able to push back on this. But I'm kind of puzzled by something because as of today, from my understanding, OSHA, which is the mechanism in which this mandatory vaccination was going to come through, has not actually mandated anything. And so if OSHA has not mandated anything, then there's no official mandate that is out there on this vaccination. And yet you see all these companies and corporations and governments that are following through on this as if it's official law. And from what I am reading, and, and Brian, I know you're listening somewhere in the background there. Do you know if there's anything that's actually made this official, or is it just the word of Joe Biden? Brian's shaking his head no. <laughs> so um, I, I, I don't even think that this is, at this point, uh, there's no entity in our federal government other than Joe Biden saying this on a wish list that uh, that he deems this as a mandate, um, but he was going to do it through the organization, the OSHA uh, entity of our federal government, but they have, as of today, 
not done anything and acted on this. So, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think as of today that it, it's official that it that these companies are even acting within um, any legal grounds to let employees go. And uh, so again, if you're out there and you have one of these companies that are threatening your job, don't quit. Make them fire you so you have um, you have good grounds to sue uh, when the time comes. And and because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, lawsuits going towards these big corporations and companies and government entities that are letting employees go, and they're letting employees go, and they're not. You're not going to be given uh, any unemployment benefits. And so they're really putting people in a very punitive uh, position. So in the state of New York, this governor, you know, people may wish Governor Cuomo, Cuomo back uh, as horrible as he was because this woman that's came in to replace him is a tyrant. Uh, not that he wasn't, but uh, so she is basically... Uh, all these medical people that are refusing to get vaccinated. Uh, and they're letting, you know, pushing out, and uh, she's bringing National Guard in to fill their spots. Now, the, the irony behind this is the National Guard, the mandate for the National Guard to be vaccinated doesn't even have to be fulfilled for another uh, eight months. So a lot of these National Guard that are coming in uh, to take these spots may not even be vaccinated themselves. So anyway, it's kind of uh, just a lot of um, this craziness that's taking place out there. The the very people that uh, were their heroes a year ago, uh, frontline medical personnel, are now losing their jobs. And uh, so, but it's been fun watching people fight back. Um, it's been fun. I just shouldn't say fun. It's been, it's been good watching people fight back. I watched a video this morning of uh, some people in Canada that were eating out at a food court, and the security guard um, was trying to get them to leave because they did not show their vaccination cards. And um, then the people refused. They had a 50-page packet of their rights in the in the laws that guaranteed them the right to be there eating at that food court. And so then the security guards then called the police to come. And so the people continued to eat and enjoy their food while they were showing the police the different laws that were there. One is that it's against the law for people to inquire about your medical status, freedom of, you know, medical invasion. You can't ask people um, medical questions like that. Uh, so here in the United States, that would be FERPA laws. Um, and two, in Canada, it's against the law to mandate any vac- vaccination, which I found interesting in this, in Canada. And uh, then on the trespassing law, as long as you were buying the product and using it in the way that the product was intended and not causing any disruption, then you were not trespassing. So they anyway, they had a stack of about 50 papers of their rights that they carry around with them. And uh, and then what they were also saying is that they, they send this Google Doc out to people 
so other people can have this to take out with them. And Google is actually was um, prohibiting the, the them from sending this Google Doc out. And I thought, you know, the corruption that's there, you know, the you know, and Google emails are sought or were uh, prohibiting them from sending this Google Doc out to other people. But uh, anyway, people are starting to fight back and knowing what their rights are. And, uh, and you know, it seems kind of crazy that, you know, you're a rebel. that You want to go eat in a food court uh, with your family, your friends. Um, there's another lady that posted a video at a Burger King and uh, that stated that you have to be ready to show your vaccination card uh, to order food. And I thought, you know, and these are the same people who would have us believe that uh, it is somehow racist to show an ID to vote once a year or once every two years or once every four years, that somehow that's racist to show an ID to vote. But there are the same people that want you to have to show a vaccination card to order at Burger King or to go in and sit down at any restaurant or go into a grocery store or to get on public transportation. Um, I mean, this is just crazy. So anyway, here in the state of Utah this morning at 9 a.m., um, of course, you know, um, that's already going on right now, but uh, just know it's going to be going on all day that uh, people are fighting back here in the state of Utah. So please uh, go join them here and call your representatives here and let them know that you want to fight back on this. So I'm going to go on to some other things that are taking place. What I do find uh, comforting is our, you know, we have our national news media that is definitely lopsided. And they're not just lopsided to conservatives anymore. They're lopsided to anybody who is not speaking the message that corporate America wants them to speak. And uh, so if you're on the wrong thing, even on the left-hand side, your voices are being shut down. So the podcast format that's out there are bringing some interesting people together, and there's some interesting alliances that are being formed. Um, So Candace Owens over the weekend actually had the Black Lives Matter leader of New York uh, come in, and they had a conversation. Uh, There was actually a march in uh, New York with Trump supporters and Black Lives Matter people against the vaccinations. Um, Now, somebody that I talked about last week, Russell Brand, that came out and actually acknowledged that uh, that Trump was right and that Hillary Clinton was, in fact, the one that colluded with Russia and that uh, and Trump did not. He has since that, since that video or since that podcast, he's came out with two or three more that have just been really a stingers. So another one he came out with the other day is um, on George Bush. Um, and uh, so this guy confronted George Bush. Um, and George Bush wrote this book, and so George Bush is out at this doing a a, a talking tour on his book he he wrote, and uh, I think that's what it was. I don't follow George Bush enough to to know what's going on in his life because I don't care for him that much anymore. But uh, anyway, um, and so he confronts George Bush, and he says, "You you know, you lied," and. Uh, about 
um, the weapons of mass destruction. You lied about the reason we went into uh, Iraq and uh, and he not only defended or stood up for all the friends he lost uh, because of the war in Iraq, but he stood up for the Iraqis, all the Iraqis that we lost, that lost their lives uh, because of that war. Um, which, you know, that was something that Trump did as well recently when he talked about the these wars in the Middle East. You know, he talked about all the lives that were lost, not just the American lives. And, um, and the in the destruction and the, the lives lost over in the Middle East, over basically what was over oil, over our dependence on foreign oil. So this guy stood up and uh, really kind of ripped into President Bush on that, and he was shut down and dragged out by Secret Service people. But Russell Brand starts calling um George Bush out. And then he starts talking about this close association that the Obamas and the Bushes and the Clintons have and just this murkiness of how it's all a show. And um, so anyway, that's another, again, if you, if you never listen to Rus- Russell Brand, um, he's a, he's not a conservative. He's pretty much on the far left, but uh, people are starting to wake up and, uh, and see some of the craziness of our elite politicians and uh, and where they are on um, that they're they're just all they're all really there together um, and they just kind of play the part for us so we can act like you know they're on our side or or you know that there's oppositions to kind of keep us fighting against one another but when it comes down to it they're really um, all working together for, you know, this greater global uh, leadership that they want. I don't know. I don't know for sure what you want to call it at this point, but it seems like, you know, uh, George H. Bush, you know, his one world government, that's where I remember it first starting and then uh, Clinton. And then it didn't seem like George W. Bush kind of grabbed a hold of that, but I guess he really did. And Obama definitely did. And, uh, and then, you know, I'd like to think Trump doesn't, didn't, and that's why they took him down. But it's hard to know. It's just really hard to know because it seems like theatrics. But anyway, Russell Brand, that was really good. Um, one where he was, this guy was calling uh, President, former President Bush out um, on that. So anyway, just, again, another podcast person you can listen to. And seeing some of the people on the left starting to wake up, it's been really nice on that. Um, another one that I want to get into, let me find this one. My husband, I, I'm not one that can always look back and think on different episodes and uh, um, shows and stuff, but my husband is a big Seinfeld. He can always find a Seinfeld episode that goes with any um, any circumstance that we're looking at, like recently our daughter graduated from uh, PA school and she's going to go to work for um, a GI doctor. And so, you know, when my husband pulls up uh, the Seinfeld episode of the ass man and uh, anyway, it's really kind of funny uh, episode of, you know, the ass man, he's got the ass man, you know, a license plate on that Kramer accidentally got in the mail. And so anyway, 
he's really good about finding these different episodes. So, but recently somebody posted a Seinfeld episode of the ribbon when uh, Kramer is going to walk um, in the AIDS walk and uh, they offer him to wear this ribbon. And he says, oh, no, I don't want the ribbon. He, and they're like, you don't want the ribbon? You have to wear the ribbon. And uh, he's not I don't want the ribbon. So he's walking and somebody asked him where his ribbon's at. And he says, I don't wear the ribbon. And, uh, and he's attacked because he's not wearing this ribbon. And so they take him in the back alley and they beat him up for not wearing the ribbon. And so the, the person who did put this together was just talking about how Seinfeld was able to pinpoint the do-gooders and the the fascist the, the way they put it together uh, the fascist do-gooders out there and that's where we are in our society there are there are definitely some fascist do-gooders out there that if we're not lined up in the way that they want us lined up that uh they will take us in the back alley and and rough us up and uh just like if we're not wearing our mask we're not getting our vaccination that uh, everybody feels justified in coming together to, and you hear this on on the news media. You hear public officials actually encouraging this type of public shame uh, to go out towards fellow Americans on this. But uh, if you haven't watched, you know, look up the uh, Seinfeld episode on the ribbon, the AIDS walk on the ribbon, and you'll see. Um, the same type of mentality there. And so at least, you know, there's a little humor behind that. Um, trying to think of, there's a few other th- stories that I'm hoping to cover this morning. There's just so much out there every day on, you know, where do we, <clears throat> where do we move forward? <laughs> and, uh, in this crazy world that we're in and, uh, and maintain some positive attitude and you know, I think some of the positive attitude can come from the fact that you know you're not alone, that there's people out there that are fighting this fight with you. So I know a lot of friends of mine have been going to the school board meetings. And uh, and so that's one of the things that I've been encouraging is that we each have to find that little area of sunshine that we can make sure that we are doing our part in this democracy that uh, that what allows corruption to take place with our elected officials is not being held accountable. So where we've neglected as ordinary citizens is that we have not shown up to enough of our school board meetings, our city council meetings, our county council uh, commissioners meetings, or even, you know, our state um, legislatures meetings. And so we need to start showing up there. And so people are doing this. And, uh, and, and the school boards are not used to that. They're not used to being held accountable. The city councils are not used to be held accountable. And so all of a sudden, um, you have these school board associations that are actually reaching out and writing letters to um, the national government, to Joe Biden and people in the federal government, asking that these parents who are coming out and protesting against their kids wearing masks or protesting against some of the crazy curriculum that their kids are being forced to learn, um, that they're being, they're asking the federal government to label these parents domestic terrorists. This is what the association of the states or the school board 
Association has petitioned our federal government to do is label these parents domestic terrorists who are coming out and trying to hold their state, their school boards accountable. So it's, it's been beautiful and wonderful to see parents and citizens out there trying to hold their government accountable, but it's been absolutely mind boggling to see the response from the leaders that are being held accountable and uh, wanting to throw the parents and other community members into the category of domestic terrorism for, for that accountability. So anyway, we've got to just keep on fighting this fight and make sure that we're, we continue to hold our elected officials accountable. But uh, when I read that the other day, I was just like, Oh my gosh, you know, um, we we waited so long to, and we neglected our duties for so long on holding people accountable. That now that we are holding them accountable, that we're being thrown into this category of domestic terrorism, um, just because we're speaking out against these crazy policies that are out there. So anyway, don't let them bully you and uh, intimidate you. Just continue fighting the fight and know that you have a lot of people on your side on that. And uh, know your rights. Uh, Make sure that you're maintaining good composure. Um, I think we're winning the fight on on those things. But uh, it's definitely, it's not over. There's going to be continued effort uh, against us on that. But uh, we have to be wise in how we're doing this. Again, I, I... go back to this this group in Canada that carried around their little packet of laws with them that protected them. I think that's a good thing to do for parents attending school board min- meetings is go with go armed with what your rights are. So you can quote what the legislation is, what the laws allow you to do. Um, and same with any any meeting that you attend, make sure that you go prepared that you can quote what your rights are as citizens of your city, of your county, of your state, of your school, and uh, and be prepared to stand up for what you believe in and do so respectfully. Um, but let's continue to make sure our voices are being heard. So when we get back, we're gonna. There's a lot more news of the day that we're going to talk about. Um, I'm trying to. <laughs> I've been sick for the last four or five days. No, it wasn't coronavirus. And I always have to remind people that there were common colds and flus before coronavirus. But um, my my son, Nathaniel, who is now actually in basic training starting as of this morning, uh, got sick. And then just one by one, all of us got sick in our household. And, and uh, anyway, just a common cold, but it's definitely been one that has taken us down. So anyway, in the next... Uh, after we get back from this commercial, we'll we'll be talking about some other things that are going on in the state of Utah and in our nation and, and how we can work together to to fight back and to basically just kind of to work together to, to make a better place for our kids to be in the future. So anyway, we'll be back on the Path Forward Utah in just a minute.
Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Rinder, your host. Going to talk about the the chant that continues at football games across America at race car. Um, the let's go Brandon, let's go Brandon. Um, it fights. It's everybody's all about let's go Brandon. I'm not for sure exactly why we're shouting let's go Brandon, but uh, all across America, people are shouting let's go Brandon. But um, anyway, I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of T-shirts out there uh, in the next week or two. So if y'all don't know what, if you see somebody going around with a Let's Go Brandon T-shirt on, just know in the back of your mind that that really means F. Joe Biden, (laughs) that uh, somehow some reporter translated that into Let's Go Brandon. Um, So anyway, it's been kind of you know, I'm not one to use the F word, but I'm almost tempted to go to a football game that they, and we go to the Weber State games, but it, Weber State here, nobody's been starting that trend yet. So I may have to go start the trend of uh, let's go Brandon um, at Weber State games. But uh, in, anyway, that's kind of a, a fun thing that's going on all over the all over the nation, not just in red states, but in blue states and not just in uh is sporting arenas, but at concerts and even in food courts that everybody's just talking and cheering on Brandon. Um, so there's a Marine, a Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, who's the Marine um, officer that came out frustrated and rightfully so on the horrible, horrible leadership that, uh, and we now openly know that Biden exercised in Afghanistan that cost American lives, cost military lives, cost additional Afghan lives. And uh, he had every right to be critical of this horrible leadership. And uh, there should have been, our military leaders should have resigned over this horrific um leadership or lack thereof that they exercised in Afghanistan. So, but this, this Lieutenant Colonel Scheller is being held now in prison and is going to be charged uh, with conduct, conduct unbecoming of an officer, if not other charges as well. Uh, but, and he will lose his pension. He was 18 years, almost 18 years into his military career. And so he will lose his full benefits and all of his, pension that he's worked for during his time in his military service. But uh, on top of that, there's a good chance he will spend time in jail. And somebody told me uh, just earlier this morning that he's actually in solitary confinement. I'm thinking, why would he be in solitary confinement? But but before he went in, he was taken in, um, in prison last Monday. But before he went in, he wrote a another Facebook post in which he was very critical of everyone from President Trump to President Biden to President Obama to President um, Clinton to multiple different generals throughout his time in service. And uh, so he really left no one unscathed in his criticism. Now, to President Trump, he did praise his foreign policy, but just said that, you know, he's divided our country and that he did not want his help. Um, that he'd rather sit in jail than sacrifice his principles. And um, 
So anyway, he kind of like burning all, you know, burning all bridges there. But I think part of that was, you know, he's not going to be seen as, you know, partisan on, on that, that uh, he sees the corruption, you know, on all parties and, uh, and in the military that he feels that um, our military has been sold out by the politicians and by our generals. And so one of the things that kind of really surprised me that he went off on was General Mattis, um, because this is something that I don't think is real public news, or even if, even if it's accurate news, I don't know. But uh, he talks it, and I'm not criticizing General Mattis one way or the other on this, other than it was kind of interesting that this Marine officer uh, was calling out Mattis for his hypocrisy and his lack of candor and honesty, saying that uh, it was under a Mattis, um, you know, on the don't ask, don't tell um, policies on when uh, in the 1990s, and he could understand why, you know, people at that time did not come out, you know, obviously as openly gay or uh, because, you know, they would, you know, lose their position in the military. But once it became where you could serve openly um, in the military and be gay, then he felt it was extreme hypocrisy and dishonesty on General Mattis's part on not being forthright on who he was. And so, I don't know. I did not know General Mattis was gay. Maybe he's not. Maybe he is. But anyway, that was something that this uh, um, lieutenant colonel pointed out, too. So I don't know if that was news to the rest of America, but that was definitely news to me that I have never heard that. Uh, but he just went after Petraeus. He went after Flynn. And he, I think he just overall felt betrayed uh, by military leaders and by the leadership, the political leaders. Um, and he, and so, you know, they, they mandated he go in for a mental evaluation. And I could somewhat see that with the way this letter was written. Either he was... He's out for blood on holding everyone accountable, or you know perhaps he is having a, a breakdown of some kind. But uh, he definitely seemed like at this point that he's angry and he's um, that he wants some accountability for what's taken place and the loss of life of our military men and women over some of these wars that have taken place that maybe they shouldn't have because of uh, the generals in the military and their lack of leadership and our political leaders. So anyway, this is going to be something to watch. But $2.2 million has been raised for Lieutenant Colonel Scheller and his family for his defense, as well as for his lost income and uh, in retirement. So $2.2 million dollars has been raised so far from people that are supporting him and his family. So um, anyway, I I think, you know, regardless if he, you know, is a little critical of Trump or anything else, I think the guy's standing on some principle and uh, somebody needs to call these leaders out and be critical of how our military men and women have been used. And so that's Lieutenant Colonel Scheller of the Marine Corps. And uh, so if you want to donate uh, 
to his cause. Let me see where I can tell you to donate. It is being done through. You can just look that up. I don't want to go back to the article, but it's a, a, a company. Just a second here. Um, anyway, I, I will try to. Oh, Pipe Hider Foundation. The Pipe Hider Foundation is the one uh, that's doing the fundraiser for Lieutenant uh, Colonel um, Scheller and his family. So, so far, as of this morning, it's been $2.2 million raised for Lieutenant Colonel Scheller and his family uh, to help with the legal cost as well as the the financial loss that they're going to have in their family for giving up their military pension. And... um, so anyway, our prayers go out to him and his family uh, for standing up for against you know against power against uh, our mili- both our military leaders our political leaders and you know I'm not for sure if he's totally right in all the different things he, he said but I definitely believe there's a lot of truth in what he's saying and that somebody needs to hold these uh, these people accountable because they definitely don't hold themselves accountable and they cover up for each other. And uh, so anyway, go in and and donate if you would like to help support Lieutenant Colonel Scheller and his family. Um, So here in the state of Utah, as I've mentioned, we are, um, the Path Forward Utah has been fighting for, and we are going to continue fighting for three different pieces of legislation this year, and that is a, a ban against critical race theory. And it's also a ban against biological men competing in female sports and to protect children in transitioning um, prior to having the cognitive abilities to, to make that transition. Um, so it's a, with cross-gender hormones and with surgeries. So as I'm going out in this, I'm trying to be as sensitive as I can in understanding these issues. Um, so I met with a gentleman yesterday that's supportive of these causes and is a conservative, but um, that we need to, it's sometimes on the conservative side that we tend to uh, like to think everything fits neatly in a, a nice little box and uh, that we don't see some of the struggles that uh, the people have uh, that don't fit into the the nice little boxes that we have. So um, that we have male and female, and but there is one point right right about a percentage point of the population, they, anywhere from one to one point seven percent of the population, that are impacted with what is called intersex um, variants. And so I am just learning about this, and I'm so I'm gonna I'm just kind of introducing this thought because this is something I have not been as well informed on. I, I guess in the back of my mind, I've I've had some knowledge on this, but not enough. And it's been something that I have not you know taken the time to understand. But uh, so I met with this gentleman who's going to be helping us uh, on this cause that has suffered from. Um, this from childhood, and this is where uh, these variances impact where you're you're born with both genitalia, 
or you're born with um, ambiguous genitalia and, uh, and your hormones are not lined up to your gender. And so this is something that people do suffer from. And, uh, and so we have to be aware that, you know, 1% does not sound like much, but if you look at it per population, so this is about 1% to 1.5%. So here in the state of Utah, if you look at that, 1.5% uh, is still, here, I'm going to calculate that out. I had it yesterday, but I didn't say that in my mind. So we have about a 3.5 million um, population. Times. So that's 52,000 people just here in this state of Utah that this would impact. Uh, and I have met, since I've been working on this, I have met personally two or three people that this has impacted them in, this, in their lives. So I think we, we have to be more, as we go into these issues, that we have to, again, uh, go in with love and compassion and also understand that, yes, things don't always fit nicely in this little box that we would like to think that they do and that there are people that uh, that that are impacted in ways that we can't understand. And so I'm just pointing that out because um, the way we're going to win, I shouldn't say win, but I guess that's the way, you know, these uh, pieces of legislation is by being compassionate and aware of what people suffer and have to go through in their lives and and trying to write legislation in the most compassionate way uh, that we can to acknowledge um, what people have to endure in their lives. And so this is something that I'm going to take more time on in the future and have a guest on to, to help more of our audience understand that, uh, that there is, you know, it doesn't sound like again, you know, one to one and a half percent of the population, but if you know a hundred people or 200 people in your life, or if you're a big corporation, then you know that there's one, two, three people uh, that are impacted the percentage chance by this. And so that is where, they either have ambiguous genitalia or they're born with uh, both genitalia and they have to make a decision or their parents had to make a decision at birth um, or they're born with um, hormones that aren't lined up properly. So th- there are there are issues out there. And I think sometimes we get in our mindset that there is one or the other. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I don't want to, uh, not speak on this in the in the right way. I just wanted to kind of introduce that thought out there that this is something that I would like to bring on a guest to have more conversation on this so we can be more aware of things that people struggle with and have more compassion as we move forward in trying to find solutions and answers to some of the problems that we're facing and how we can go about doing that with the most compassion uh, that we can, especially when we're talking about children and the things that children have to are going through, but at the same time making sure that we're protecting children and giving them the full opportunity 
to be able to make decisions as adults uh, before they make these impactful decisions. So there's much more out there than I, than I realized as I'm trying to move this forward that uh, that I've had to open up my eyes and recognize that, you know, maybe, you know, I need to take a step back and, and really understand what some people go through and uh, that maybe there's exceptions that need to be made based on um, if, a, if a child is born with this physical disorder and makes a decision, you know, at puberty or them and their family make a decision. So anyways, we move forward with that particular piece of legislation. I'm going to try to have some guest speakers or guests on that can address this more fully, help us to be more aware and have better understanding on this issue. So anyway, just wanted to open that up and, and kind of put that out there as a thought as we move forward that that is something we're going to explore more and try to have better understanding on so that we can at least move uh, in the direction of, um, of making decisions with all the information at hand. Um, so I'm going to just close um, this segment today. I'm you know, kind of, again, with my ADHD mentality going back and forth, but uh, the two senators uh, Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona and Senator Manchin of West Virginia, the two Democratic senators that tend to be holding our country somewhat in some kind of a balance against these radical Democrats. Not that I think these two senators are all that in a bag of chips, but, you know, they're they're getting a lot of hate thrown their direction. So definitely throw some prayers and positive energy out to these two senators that they can continue um, holding out and being strong against some of the crazy things in their party because um, they are definitely have a lot of hate from their extreme left. And, you know, these both of the senators are very, you know, definitely more far left than I am, but they are – they are two of the centers that are basically keeping us from really tilting the scale over in uh, the complete far crazy side of, uh, of where we could be heading. So I just want to give a shout out to them and and say that, you know, that even though, you know, I, I don't necessarily align with them, I'm grateful for the courage that they have in standing up against their party and, um, so anyway, if, y'all, if you live in West Virginia or Arizona, or even if you don't, you ought to put in a thank you phone call or letter or email to these two senators that are doing a good job on trying to hold their party accountable on not going too far to the left. I shouldn't say too far. They've already gone too far to the left, but not going even further than they could uh, to the left. So anyway, this is the Path Forward Utah. We have a variety of voices that we try to elevate on the path forward Utah. We have gay conservative voices. We have minority voices, Latino voices, black conservative voices. And we have Dr. Marcy Campbell, who tries to remind us of the the necessity of good mental health um, at a time in which every day we wake up and think, you know, it's kind of a crazy world out there that uh, she tries to give us some tools in our toolkit. Uh, so that's on Wednesday morning to maintain some positive uh, strategies and coping skills and mechanisms 
um, for good health strategies on to approach different problems with. And uh, she has some good guests on with her. So that's on Wednesdays with Dr. Marcy. And of course, on Friday, we have Bob McEntee, who just keeps us informed on what's going on in the state of Utah, um, on different things that are going on that we might not otherwise know about, because Bob always kind of throws us um, information that he, he digs into that uh, the average person does not always pay attention to. So that's Bob McEntee on Fridays. And so anyway, make sure you, you listen to all of our hosts on the Path Forward Utah. And if you're ever passing through Ogden, Utah, make sure you stop off and have a, a baked potato at Brixton's Baked Potato in Ogden, Utah. One of the best baked potatoes you'll have and try one of James Gourmet Sweet Potato Pies. Um, so jamesgourmet.com, if you have not tried any of his sweet potato pies, stop in at Brixton's Baked Potato on your way through Ogden or make a trip up to Ogden just for fun or down to Ogden, wherever you're from. Um, Ogden, Utah truly is one of the best places in Utah. I know sometimes people look at Ogden as the armpit of Utah, but it's really not. It's We have three ski resorts close by. We have Powder Mountain. We have Wolf Mountain. Well, I don't know what they call Wolf Mountain anymore. And we have Snow Basin. We have beautiful lakes. We have incredible hiking trails. We have our beautiful historic 25th Street um, with all the wonderful, unique restaurants and shopping places on 25th Street. We have Union Station. We have iFly. We have Flow Rider. We have the Children's Museum, the Dinosaur Park, um, the Egyptian Theater. We just have all kinds of awesome things here in Ogden, Utah. So you could take the front runner with your family, come spend a, a full day in Ogden, enjoying all the fun activities we have and and come and eat at Brixton's Baked Potato when you're here. Um, Brian, how much time do we have left? I have two more minutes. I thought we were on the on the downside here. So let me see what a, little stories we're going to have uh, left to... Um, Bill Maher. That's another one that just continues to amaze me. Uh, he's fighting back. Uh, he's somebody on the left that uh, just every day he's he's just really been hammering the universities lately. So I've loved that with Bill Maher, basically saying, do we really need a degree? And uh, do we really want to send our kids to these universities where they're basically being brainwashed? So I've uh, and <clears throat> so um, anyway, I'm not a Bill Maher fan, but lately I have been at least entertained by the fact that he's kind of coming back and again, holding the left to some sense of sanity. Um, so the, he's recently came out. Let me see if I can find this one here uh, on Ivermectin. Um, so defending Ivermectin, <laughs> he says that, uh, he says, I mean, ivermectin, it keeps. Ivermectin, it's a drug. It's not a politician. <laughs> it should not have any reputation except does it work or does it not? And uh, and so anyway, um, he just really is holding the, the left accountable on some of their absolute craziness. Uh, so that's the latest one that Bill Maher is coming out. 
on is this hate that's against ivermectin and why the left is hating on ivermectin so much. So anyway, if you have not uh, followed Bill Maher that much, go read some of his latest monologues on how he's kind of holding the left accountable when it comes to some of their craziness. And the the latest is defending ivermectin. Um, So anyway, we'll be back tomorrow on the path forward, Utah. And I will be your host tomorrow. And again, Dr. Marcy on Wednesday, uh, Hot Nacho on Thursday, and Bob McEntee on Friday. On, no, on Wednesday is Dr. Marcy. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.